Hey friends! In this week's episode, we are taking a deeper dive into one of the topics we started to talk about last week. So last week, we took 10 leadership lessons from 2021, and we are going to really unpack those and walk away with some action steps that you could take. So this week, we are really diving into embracing the journey and how we can make that be part of our leadership superpowers. And I am so excited to be able to share this with you. Wherever you are, grab your favorite beverage, put in your headphones if you're in your car, buckle up, be safe. If you're out for a walk, I hope it's sunny and beautiful or at least in your mind. And thanks for listening. And here we go. Happy Thursday, everyone. All right, so today we are going to spend some time diving into a topic we talked about last week. So last week, if you didn't get a chance to listen, I was sharing the 10 things that 2021 taught me in the world of leadership and quite honestly, just just being a human being and a mom and an educator and just a person. And the first thing that I shared was that there is always more to the story. So what I would like to do in these next few weeks is really just to take all of those concepts, topics, dive into them, unpack them a little bit, and then walk away with some action items that we can do in our everyday leadership roles to help us to just be better leaders, to empower and inspire those around us, to connect with our people, to build more capacity, relationships, connection. I think that's something that we all could probably agree on is definitely needed as we move into 2022. So before we begin, I just want to take a minute to wish you a fabulous end to this year, whatever you are doing to celebrate, or maybe you're not doing anything. Maybe you're just staying home reflecting and just spending some time alone or with your closest friends, whatever it is that brings you joy. I hope that you have all of that and more as we jump into the new year. So last week we talked about specifically the first thing was that there was always more to the story. And so when I was thinking about this, it was interesting. I was at lunch with some colleagues and we were talking about, particularly as women, how we handle situations differently than oftentimes our male counterparts. And the specific example that this colleague shared was we were in a meeting and there were some topics that needed to be discussed and were tricky and tough and just ones that I guess the people in the room didn't all necessarily have the same vision or didn't necessarily see eye to eye, which we know is okay. Healthy discourse is okay. But this colleague was saying that when she was bringing up her question or uh, topic that she wanted to talk about, she said it in a way that she felt like she had to water it down a little bit. Like she couched it with this trying to be understanding of the other person. And she kind of thought that it sounded a little bit weak at first. And she specifically actually compared herself to another topic that got brought up by a male in the room and how their approaches were very different in how they talked about those tough topics. Both important, both were 
topics that needed to be named, questions that needed to be asked, but she was just noticing how it was different and that, and was kind of, I wouldn't say beating herself up, but she was a little bit. And one of the things that then got brought up was the other colleague that I was with. We were talking about this capturing kids heart, which is one of the training and things that we're doing with our school. And one of the pieces to that was we had to do this survey and we asked people to rate us in different areas. So we picked five of our colleagues and they could answer these questions about us in words that would describe us. And then there was areas that came up as strengths and then areas that came up as opportunities to grow. And we talked about one of my areas of weakness or one of my areas of the opportunity to grow was the concept of criticality that I I struggle as a leader, as a human, as a mom, as an educator with being critical, that that's something that I see in myself and that other people that I work with also see in me. And we were just talking about how that could be different because we're females, maybe because of the roles we take on as parents and moms and often caregivers, where that concept came from? Is that something that is cultural that's been, you know, ingrained in our brains that that's how we're supposed to be? I'm using air quotes here. And we were just kind of processing that. And I had this aha moment that we ended up talking about. And I said, but what if, what if how we do things is our superpower? What if, and I was talking to this colleague, the way you asked the question was, was the better way right? What if because you asked it in a way that was kind and empathetic and not attacking to the individual and that you were considering that there's more to the story instead of just blasting the person with a question that was direct and maybe perceived harsh, maybe not. What if that is your superpower? What if as leaders were able to tackle tough concepts and tough questions, have difficult conversations, hold people accountable, support people, not accept BS, but we're able to do it with kindness and integrity and empathy. And she was like, oh, I I like that. And I think oftentimes as women, particularly, if we say things, we, we have two thoughts in our head, or at least I do. And maybe, maybe you resonate with this. We either feel like we have to like say it just so um, to not offend anyone. But really, if I'm being super honest, there is this maybe stereotype, I don't know what you want to call it, that if we say things too directly or too harshly, that we will be perceived as a witch with the other letter, right? So I think oftentimes as women, we probably overanalyze, overthink, really are intentional about how we say things and maybe to a fault sometimes, maybe there are times where we could just be more direct. I hope that as leaders, particularly as female leaders, we're not avoiding conversations because I think that as leaders, it's still important to tackle the tough topics, to name the hard, to lean into the difficult, to hold people accountable because clear is kind, right? And by saying things to people in a way that is clear and direct, but also has kindness and empathy, we can still do all of those things. But I hope we're not shying away from stuff just because. I also hope that we can celebrate the fact that we can say things in a way that does not have to be harsh 
or gosh, I don't even know um, the exact words, but sometimes I think the delivery of our message is just as important as the message. Not sometimes, actually. Let me let me rephrase that. Always, the delivery of our message and how we deliver that message to our people is just as important as the message. And so as leaders, we know there's more to the story. We know that the person on the receiving end of whatever it is that we need to tell them has stuff going on, right? There may be things that we don't fully know. There may be parts of their story that we don't understand or that we are not aware of, but we can't bridge that gap and we can't come together to collaborate and to grow and to name the hard and come through stronger as a team if we do it in a way that is being a jerk. So critical feedback is difficult for most humans, right? We all probably say we like feedback, but when somebody's critiquing us or pointing out our areas that we need to grow or our weaknesses, that is very difficult to take as leaders, as humans, as anyone. So if we can find a way to lead in a way that helps our people to see their strengths and to see their opportunities to grow, but that is able to capture that in a way that helps them to feel safe, connected, trusted, where they can lean in and they can do some self-reflection. I think that that is our superpower. So when I look at there's more to the story, right? I think that's so important with how we talk to people. And so when I reflect on criticality being a weakness of mine or perceived weakness, I don't know. Like I'm kind of pushing back on that. Because again, if we can still name the hard, we can still lean into the conversations, we can still say what we need to say, but how we deliver it matters. We don't need to be a jerk to deliver a tough message. We can still have hard conversations. It doesn't mean that we're passive, that we don't speak up when we need to speak up, but we can do it in a way that honors the people or the person that we're working with, because there is more to the story, whether that's personally or professionally for them, whether there's more to the topic that we're talking about. But I think it's important that we embrace our superpower, particularly as women, the empathy, the kindness. I just actually was on LinkedIn the other day and one of the people that I follow is Gary Vanderchuk. And if you follow him at all, he is very much uh, no BS. He says what he thinks. He curses a lot. He, You pretty much know where he stands. And at first glance, you might kind of think that he's this hard nose that doesn't care about people. But one of the things that he keeps talking about over and over and over and over about the importance of leadership is kindness and just being kindness. And that is a skill that is the most undervalued and underutilized skill that often leaders are doing. So let's not confuse that respecting there's more to the story, respecting that people come to us with stuff, right? That they're human. If we are leading, we're leading people, people first. You cannot lead if you aren't leading people, right? There's no leader if you don't have people. And People are human beings hardwired for connection and relationships and trust. All of that stuff matters. And we're learning through research. It matters more and more than we probably have ever 
realized. So when I hear comments like leaders saying, check your baggage at the door, right? Okay, now I get it. We can't come into work like a hot mess express and like, you know, word vomiting, all of our personal trauma and things all over the place. There's a time and a place for that. And boundaries are important, right? Fair. But we can honor the people and we can lean into it. We can support them in a professional, kind, empathetic way. So ladies, I want to just challenge you. If you feel like you struggle with critical feedback or being critical to people and you are kind of beating yourself up over the way you talk about hard things and maybe you feel like you sort of like couch it in this way that is giving the person an out, I'm going to challenge you to say no. Like it's okay to be kind and to assume the best in the people that you're working with and to work through that together because I think that you're going to develop connection and relationships and trust and whatever that tough topic is that you are working through, you're going to be able to do that in a collaborative, impactful way because you are doing it with kindness and you're understanding it versus just blasting the person with whatever your thoughts or opinions are. So a couple quick things. To help you with this, I want to encourage you to do these two things. So when you're talking to somebody and leading a team or a person or you're doing some reflecting, particularly if it's a difficult concept or you're giving any type of feedback that might be perceived as critical, I want you to practice the pause. And what I mean by that is when people are sharing or talking or communicating what is going on before responding, I want you to pause. I want you to intentionally take a breath and just let what the person said or is saying kind of sink in and just really go into it with the intention to listen, to understand, not to reply. And then ask those clarifying questions, restate what the person said. When you do that, you're going to get a couple things out of it. One, you're going to know if you're on target and if you're actually truly listening. And second, it's going to help that person to be seen, valued, and heard. And as a leader, it's important for your people, especially now, to know that they are seen, that they are valued, and that they are heard. That doesn't mean that you are going to agree with everything that they say or that you are going to be able to do everything that they want. But if we can at least meet there and to be able to work through that together, that is going to go a long way. There's so many times where I've worked with people that we have had very different philosophies, thoughts on what should happen next. And there's been a lot of times where stuff has not gone necessarily the way that I want to, but I can respect the why and I can respect the people and the work that has gone behind it because I was able to share my thoughts and it was actually considered or, or listened to and valued. All of that matters. So as leaders, if you can practice the pause before you respond, take a breath, listen, lean in, restate what the person's saying, help them to know that they're being heard. The other crazy thing that happens is when you pause, you actually give the person, like they might not be done. So often when we're in conversations, particularly if it's heated or there's a debate or a disagreement with how things should be going, which happens all the time in leadership, if we respond right away, the other person doesn't always get all of their thoughts and feelings and things off their chest. And then the conversation might end or it might go a different direction than what you wanted to. 
and the person walks away from it and you as the leader walks away from that conversation feeling like nothing's been resolved. So when you practice the pause, you actually can also make sure that the person is actually done speaking. I don't know how many times I've been in a conversation where I've said something and then I've like taken a breath and I know I can be wordy. (laughs) I get it but I wasn't quite finished or the person jumped in and they tried to finish my thought or their interpretation of my thought. So leaders, slow down, listen to your people, take a couple breaths before you respond. Okay. Listen to understand, not to respond. And then I also want you to ask yourself these questions when you are in these moments or if you're struggling with a tough topic or a a dilemma or a problem that you're trying to come to a solution with. Ask yourself, what might the other parties that are involved in that process, what might their perspective or lens be? Okay, so if there's a situation and maybe you and a colleague are working through something and you just don't see eye to eye, take some time and say, okay, what might they be considering? It's sort of like, you know, when you have to do a persuasive essay and in order to do the persuasive essay, you want to figure out what the counter argument is going to be so that you can make sure that you consider all angles, right? Now you're not doing this to like, you know, plan your rebuttal and to prove the person wrong. But sometimes if we can look at it from another lens or another perspective and to kind of see where that person's coming from, put yourself in their shoes, so to speak, That's going to help you to understand it. The other thing that I love is when you come at it from an empathetic approach, it doesn't necessarily mean like being in that person's shoes, but understanding what they're saying and believing them and believing their perspective and knowing that that's important and that brings value to them. So ask yourself what other factors might be impacting the person's response, the person's decision, the person's reaction doesn't always make it right. It doesn't always change how you, how you move forward or the ultimate de- decision, but it will change your interaction with that person. And it's really cool when you can have healthy discourse with the people that you work with and talk about hard stuff and throw all of the ideas and brainstorm and you can disagree and that's okay and still be respectful because it helps both of you to grow or the team to grow. There's so many times where my thinking has been challenged and it's been a good thing. I've become a better leader because of it, a better mom because of it, a better friend because of it. I didn't like it at first necessarily, but because I had a trusting relationship with the people that I've, I've been able to work with that have led me and I've learned that from leaders that I've worked with, that's helped me. So friends, as you lead and you go into this, just remember there's always more to the story Try to remember that going in. Think of the why behind it. We all have a why. We all have a why. Why I react a certain way to certain words is meaningful to me. Why somebody else might respond a different way. There's always a why. And a lot of times we don't know the why. We can't know the why. But I know if we did, it would give us grace and empathy. So just assume positive intent, practice the pause, ask yourself whatever things that they might be going through and what perspective they might be bringing. And ladies, particularly kindness and empathy, that is your superpower. So when you are in the boardroom or in the kitchen or in the classroom or wherever you are leading, wherever you're leading, the world needs more of you 
It needs more of you to ask those really tough questions and to hold people accountable, but to do it in a way that doesn't belittle or minimize or make people just ticked off because of how you ask the question. So don't beat yourself up over that. You can still be direct and kind, clear as kind. Okay. All right. So that's what we are going to end on this week. We're going to go through all of those 10 things these next few weeks and just really break them down. If you go back and listen to this, the previous week's episode, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, thoughts, examples that maybe you have experienced in your own leadership journey, I would love, love, love to hear about them. Jen Schultz.liveinspired at gmail.com. In the meantime, the next time we'll be coming at you, it will be 2022. Wishing you all of the joy and beauty that the end of this year brings and the excitement and the adventures and the hope and possibility of a new year as well. As always, remember this important message. You are appreciated. You are loved and you matter. Thanks so much for listening and have a fantastic week.